Hey everybody, it is August 7th, 2021. This is the Robert Bruton Podcast Show. And I'm your host, Robert Bruton. And today, we're going to do a little mishmash of all kinds of cool stuff. Um, You know, we've been working on our life change and all this other uh, really cool stuff. But I really want to talk about some fun stuff and uh, some interesting things. And just some uh, overall general wisdom. So we're going to take a 60-second commercial break. Please don't go away, and we will be right back. Hi, everyone. Thanks for staying tuned with me, and I appreciate it very much. And thank you to all of our subscribers, our financial subscribers. Thank you so very, very much. If you listen to the show, thank you very, very much. Okay, so, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff going on in this world, and it's and to say that there's division in so much of our country would be a very much an understatement. And I don't know why anymore that people can't come to the table and work through their differences. You know, if here's the the thing that I would say. If you want to impress me or impress a narrative, then have a solution. Have a workable, viable solution. You know, hammering someone, hitting someone, hurting someone, uh, burning down buildings, doing this or that is not a solution. Everybody's, you know, goes back and looks at civil wars and things like that. And I'm sitting here thinking, You know, even Douglas MacArthur said the soldier more than anyone prays for peace. You know, why, why it's all, it's, you know, and Martin Luther King's head, you know, why can't we all just get along? And I realize that there are certain ideologies and certain things that, um, you may find offensive. And there are things out there that I find offensive. You know, I get that part. But people do have the right to say what they want within, I think, reason. You know, I think, I don't, you know, I don't think that we should be politically correct 100% of the time, but I also think that, you know, if you want somebody to do something, I'm going to give you an example because I'm a, because I'm a filmmaker. So I, I, here is in, in an author and, and I, and, and I like to think in my photography, I'm an artist. So I watch these guys and I get some of it. Okay, we have a, a First Amendment right to, to be out and, and, and do things. And so these guys go with their cameras. And yes, you can, like if you're out in public, for example, if I was shooting a public scene, okay, in a, and I was in a public area, not private property, but a public area, and I was just shooting a crowd scene, for example, that's completely cool. I don't have to go through the crowd and get every single solitary person to sign a release. If I'm going to interview you or if I'm going to use you as a a person that's in a part or if I'm shooting a documentary and you're telling me about, you know, turtles or whatever you're telling me about, you know, then yes, I have to have a release that states that I can use your image and your words and all the things that you do as a, a, a filmmaker or photographer. So these guys go to and are standing on, okay, uh, public areas at perhaps a military installation, a jail, a uh, police station, a post office, and all this. And they sit there and they film people. Well, then the security comes out or the police come out and they're telling them, you know, why are you doing this and all this kind of stuff. Yes, they have a right to be there, you know, but here's the thing. And this part I don't understand. 
first off, if you want to educate folks in some sort of security or law enforcement situation, and you want to say, here, I'm expressing my uh, constitutionally protected right to do this, and I can do this from a public space, and they're right. So, but they sit there and say, you know, I don't need your help, you're dismissed. When you, you know, when you poke the bear, as they say, then why would you expect anything but for someone to say, what did you say to me? You know, or go away, I don't need your help, or, you know, these type of things. And I realize that they're, but they're, instead of educating, they're poking the bear. They're trying, you can clearly see that these folks are trying to bait people to do something stupid. You know, and in my mind... And I, I support their right to do that. I'm within that industry, so I support their right to do that. However, I don't support poking the bear. You know, if these guys were, you know, if they were uh, journalists who were, you know, busting a boiler room or busting some scam center, yeah, I think you need to get in their face and, and, and do the, you know... And provoke, you know, them to make a statement, provoke them to do something. But when you're talking to law enforcement and stuff like that, say, no, guys, here, let me show you so you know what I'm doing. This is why I'm here, you know, and I'm doing this. And when they see it clearly, they're probably going to leave you alone. Okay, well, just don't walk on that, you know, and you see lots of police officers do this where they go, you know, just don't come on to or trespass on their property, but with terrorism being what it is, you know, and you're sitting there at a military installation filming people going back and forth, then yeah, and you're not expecting people to come out. You know, I don't go film stuff like that and certainly would go and ask for permission to do that. As someone who's in the industry and someone who does these things, then all you got to do is go ask. There's a media, there, there is a media uh, part of every post that you can go in and say, hey, we're, gonna, we're shooting this documentary. We're doing these things. Uh, it's going to be favorable, unfavorable. It's going to be whatever, you know, and we would like permission on, at this time during the day to shoot from a public place. No, I don't necessarily have to do that if I'm going in a public place, but there is a certain amount of respect that I think we owe guys who are fighting for the freedom for you to do that. Just because you have that freedom to do it, you don't go rub someone's nose in it if they don't understand. That's the problem. Why would we not educate each other on seeing things in a different light? And that's really more to the point of what I'm trying to make with this entire podcast. Is instead of sitting there and poking the bear, why don't we do something that makes a difference in the sense that we educate, we're teaching, and we're showing people how to do certain things so they don't not understand or don't not let us have our constitutionally protected right. You know, you would think, yes, I agree with them, that you would think that someone in law enforcement would understand that, but they, they're not attorneys. They don't go to that level of school. You know, they don't know every... When there's signs all over that say, you know, that filming is, is not allowed at this facility, then they're just enforcing what the signs on the wall say. You know, and again, yes, you have a right. So if anybody's listening to me that has that, yes, you have a right to film from a public sidewalk or a public place. As long as it is not private property and it is public, you can film whatever the hell you want to film. But, for example, you know, guys go out and film at Area 51. 
you know, and it clearly states all over. And if you get caught or you put up something on YouTube or something like that, that's taking a picture of something that you shouldn't have taken a picture of, you can get in trouble for that. So, you know, it's, there's, and it, like when I fly my drone, for example, I have to, or if you were flying an airplane, you have to ask for certain permissions, you know, but, and, and I use a, an app before you fly that's FAA approved. And I stand, I turn on the app, and I stand, and if it clears me and the software in my drone, clears that there's nothing like I there's a uh, then I can fly there with no issue okay as long as I'm not uh, doing anything silly other than just filming I'm fine now having said all that close to where I stay is a prison okay so when I the software, when I'm sitting there, it alerts me that I can't fly into that airspace. So there are certain rules, and whether I can or cannot, no, you cannot fly into that airspace, and the FAA will help you uh, find the wallet for your fine if you do fly into restricted airspace. And you know, there's just certain rules that we all have to follow. We may disagree with it, okay, but there are just rules we have to follow that sometimes may infringe a little bit on our rights, but as long as they're not, you know, I don't think it's too much to ask not to film people going in and out of a military installation, you know? I, I just don't think that's too much to ask. It is our right to do so. And, you know, people are trying to do things where they're skirting right on the line of what is protection. And I don't think that people, you know, would disagree to the extent that you can go ask them. And sometimes they'll even let you come on base. When I was at an air show... Seeing the Blue Angels, I could walk freely on the base. I could, and I didn't even, and I had, I didn't have to ask permission. I could walk freely on the base, and I could take all the pictures I wanted of the Blue Angels, and did. And if you follow me, you know that you have seen my my my. I've got some pretty cool shots of the Blue Angels. So, how is that infringing on my right? I took pictures of some hangars. I took pictures of the of some cool stuff at the base, some uh, old airplanes and stuff like that. And was not asked to prove anything, show anything. So a lot of times when you just simply ask, hey, we're shooting this documentary. This is what we're doing. This shows that we're within our rights to do so. Do you guys mind? And I'm just giving you a heads up. I don't have to give anybody a heads up, but that's just called common courtesy. Common courtesy. These guys go to work. These security people go to work every day, just like me and you. They have a job to do. They don't want to come out and hassle you. They got better shit to do. But when you're standing at a freaking military installation, hello, yeah, people are going to ask you questions. So why poke the bear? Instead, inform, educate. Ask police departments to let you come in and say, here's what you can and cannot do with filmmakers because there are so many people out there today that are YouTubers, uh, influencers, and people who are using social media. And so, go educate. Instead of provoking, why, you know, and that's the whole thing I, I do not understand. Why are you poking the bear? Why, why, if you simply ask, you'd be amazingly surprised at what you can get folks to do. It's amazing. 
when we're not sitting here. But, you know, and they're telling these people when they turn around and walk off, you're dismissed. I'm what? That kind of raises my redneck dander a little bit. I, I'm sorry, what? You said what? Especially if you're a guy. Guys don't tell other guys, you know, you're dismissed. Unless your name, unless they call you captain and you're talking to a sergeant or a private. And he tells you, gentlemen, you're dismissed. That I get. But telling me I'm dismissed in a smart-ass way will probably get me to at least turn around and say, "I'm excuse me? We can show each other respect. And we can educate and say, here, you know, and I would say, you know, if you want to show these people something, make a copy. How much is a copy going to cost you, for goodness sake? If you're wasting your time, which I think this is, out there poking the bear then you probably have enough money to make them something and say, here, gents, I want to share this with you. Turn it into a book. A how-to. There you go. Sell it to police departments and say, here's what you can do, you know, and here's how you can allow people to do what they're doing so that officers and security can continue on their day and do the things that they want to do. And this is and the whole point of this longer conversation about this is that why can't we come together and help each other learn the differences that we may share? There are bad apples in all kinds of situations. You know, we all don't you know, not everybody that is a police officer that works in law enforcement is a horrible human being. They're just not. Stand by. We're going to come back right here and take a quick break. Sorry about that. Thanks for taking with me. You guys know that I um, had COVID last year, and so it sometimes it's hard for me to breathe. So, like I said, not all police officers are bad people. Not all military personnel are bad people. Are there bad apples? Yes, that's why there's a brig on a military installation. That's why there are military prisons. That's why there are civilian prisons. Because, unfortunately and sadly, there are bad apples in just about... And I think anybody could probably say, yeah, I worked with a dude that, you know, stole some shit at, at my work or somebody that, you know, embezzled money, somebody that did something that they shouldn't have. So there are, there are situations that you have to consider. Not only that, but what is the backstory behind someone's situation? Before you go ranting and raving, find out what the backstory is, because everything has a backstory. I'm not saying that it's going to condone someone's behavior, but it does make you understand either how that could have happened or what brought that to a point where it could happen. I've even written about that is know the backstory before you judge somebody. If someone's painted in a bad light and then you hear their backstory, then you're going, oh, crap. Man, how can I help? How can I get involved? Things change because you know the backstory. If someone was, it's just like I say for our Middle East brothers, you know, not the, not the, you know, I, I do not condone terrorism. But here's where this part of the white privilege that I'm supposed to be a part of that just makes it unbelievably 
difficult in certain situations and I'm sitting here going, wait a minute. I have friends that I, and, and I count them as my friends who I, that were actually my bosses that are from Iran. Worked for them in Dallas. Nice people, wonderful people. And I consider them to this day as friends. And so I'm sitting here going, you know, when you're trying, you know, and when you know their backstory and you know about their life, then you understand a lot of things or a lot more things about people's struggles, about people's situations. How do you tell people that for centuries have believed a certain way, for centuries, not decades, centuries, that go all the way back and before to Jesus? That the way that they do their life is wrong. That they need to be this way, that our way is better. That is your opinion. And there are certain things in every society that people do that vilify them. Or that you don't understand how they could do something like that. Or how they, you know, just because women have certain rights in the United States doesn't mean that women all across the country or all across the world are going to have the same human right. And I am absolutely 1,000% for women to have as equal a footing as any other person on this planet. I think that, that education, that knowing and doing all those things is important. But I also believe that you don't go and tell people who have done things a certain way for centuries. I think if you can introduce it and say, you know, I need you to look at this with an open mind. And that's my whole point, too, in, in this little part of the conversation, is that be open to understanding other people's emotions, feelings, and beliefs and ideologies. You know, am I going to support someone who wants to kill me? No. Absolutely not. Am I going to believe in their ideology? No. But am I going to say, you know, if you believe in your God and I believe in my God and we were all created in his image, then who are you who who are you to judge me and who am I to judge you? Because at the end of the day, if the Bible is true, if God is really there and I choose to believe that, then at some point in time, we're all going to get to stand, as our, my military pals say, you're going to get to stand tall before the man. And we all are going to have to stand tall before the man. And we will have to atone and answer for our lives and our choices and our beliefs. So, if we all got to be here and we all got to share the same planet because we're not going to annihilate each other, that would be stupid. And the fact that we have the ability to do that is even more stupid. Why do you have to say that, you know, well... I want you guys to do this and and they and someone says, "Well, we're probably not going to do it that way." Well, you know, I hate to have military, you know, come in and I hate for the, you know, for us to, you know, have to do that. I hate for us to have to scare each other. I just hate for us to do all that. Why can't we, you know, if, if all of these people who, who, you know, have got all these great minds that develop all these 
unbelievably horrible weapons. Why can't we figure out a way, or should be able to figure out a way? If you can figure out a way to destroy man, how can can you not figure out a way to save man? You know, you hear people, even in business, come to you and say, you know, I want to open this XYZ widget factory. Okay, well, why do you think XYZ widget factory is going to work? What is your solution? How are you going to get people to come and buy your widget if you don't solve a need, a want, a desire, If you don't do that, then you bring really nothing to the table. Why would I invest in that? Therefore, if you really want to do something that impresses people, fix something. Have a solution for something. That, my friends, is impressive. That is worthy of a Nobel Prize. Because you fixed a need. It's like microloans and things like that. And people who have won a Nobel Prize for that. That fixes a need. That solves a problem for humanity. It makes humanity available. What happened to all the... And I think Elon Musk is doing this satellite, you know, I, I, it, for internet. You hear about all these big tech companies wanting to do internet for all these smaller places and I'm sitting there going, uh, does it exist? Because I really don't even know. You hear them talk a good game when there's a reason to be talking about it, but then is it actually implemented? Is it actually working? Do people in, in poorer countries? And that's another thing. You know, you've got all these people, and I can speak to this to a small degree in South America. And for example, in Honduras, where a huge amount of coffee farms existed, and they've had a drought for, God, close to a decade in certain parts of Honduras. Instead of giving these people and fixing that problem how do we how do we maybe there's a a plant that grows in an arid environment why was that not given to these people or shown how to do it you know what the hell i'm in west texas it's a little bit arid and dry out here although it has been raining a whole lot but we have uh, a lot of vineyards around where I am. And you would think, because West Texas is West Texas, baby, it ain't, the, it ain't Napa Valley. It isn't some French, you know, place where all these fancy French vineyards are with all this French wine. But some really good wine, and expensive wine, is grown here. And it's very, very good if you enjoy wine grown straight out of West Texas. All anybody ever thinks about in West Texas is cowboys and oil. But there are some very beautiful vineyards here. And they haven't always been here. You know, this is a big, we grow lots of cotton, make lots of t-shirts, lots of cotton underwear. You know, soy grows out here And, but predominantly, there's cotton gins, cotton farmers, there's all kinds of stuff out here. And that grows in abundance because it can grow, grow in a little more of an arid climate. We're in a desert. So now you have this mass exodus of people who don't have an alternative. And that's my point. 
you see all these people coming up in these deals. You know, it's not full of, of, I mean, yes, I'm certain that there are factions of people that are taking advantage of, of coming across the border. But so many of these people are fleeing their country because they don't have an alternative. And for those that think America is a bad place, why is everybody in South America and other countries around the world trying to come to the United States? Because there's freedom here. Freedom. Freedom to work. Freedom to go from one part of the country to the other without papers. Without having to get permission. I can drive from here to New Jersey if I wanted to. I can drive from here to Florida. I could drive from here to California. I could drive from here to Las Vegas. I could drive from here to the other side of Texas. And unless I speed, I don't have to show documents to anybody. Stay anywhere I want. Do anything I want that's, you know, within reason. So if we're all going to, instead of dividing everybody, you know, if there's, a, if there's, if your police department, for example, has, you know, a bat of rotten apples and things like that, what could be done to change that? Write a book about it. I don't know how to write. Most writers will tell you when they started, they didn't know how to either. It's a craft. You have to develop it. But that doesn't preclude you from writing. Say it in your own words, your own way of speaking. When you write, the way that I write is, it's like I'm talking to a friend, like we're having a conversation. It's just the way I write. It's my style. It's the way I do it. Sometimes I'm highlighting things. Sometimes I go over situations or I go over different things in my books where I kind of, it's not a repeat. It's just telling you something that's a repeat in a different light. I might talk about meditation in one chapter and talk about it in another in a different light. But you have editors and things that might tell you, well, you talk about this too much in too many different chapters. No, I'm telling you a story in a different thing. And then when you do that, then you're able to, in your editor, go, okay, I see, we're good. All right, cool. I see that. And you're not repeating yourself. And the reader doesn't get bored because they're going, oh my God, they said that in the last chapter. The same exact thing. Well, no, I change it to be in a different light. And a lot of times when you explain something in a different light that's the same thing, then people get it. People understand, oh my God, now that you explain it to me that way, shit, I get it. And you have to have an open heart to say, I really don't believe in what you're doing, but I want to understand what got us here. I want to understand from you. And you tell me, you know, um, all of these things. We know there's been racism in our country. We know that. We know that there were slaves. We know that. And I'm not discounting any of that. Horrible, horrible, horrible things. Yet when I'm labeled a white I have white privilege or, you know, part of a white supremacy group, and I'm not any of those things because I have friends for whom I look at as friends that come from all different nationalities. You guys have heard me say and write about this before. I have friends who are gay. I don't subscribe to that lifestyle, but I certainly... Don't preclude you from being a friend, a friend of mine if you're a lesbian or if you're a gay gentleman. If you're a nice person, I'm good. 
And the people that I'm friends with are nice people, so I'm good. And I'm their friend too. And they know that I'm not gay, nor that I subscribe to it. They know I'm a Christian man. But we just simply don't walk down that road. I'm not trying to convert them to Christianity. They're not trying to understand or walk in my shoes, and I'm not trying to understand or walk in their shoes to change the narrative of our lives. The only thing that I'm doing is saying, you're my friend. If you need something, I'm the first one that probably will be at your house. Need a shirt? I'm bringing it. Need to eat? We're going to eat. Need a friend, a shoulder to cry on? I'm the one giving you a hug and letting you cry. I brought the Kleenex. And that's vice versa. So if I have all this white privilege, explain to me how if I'm working for a Korean, which I have in my career, and he's my boss, my direct boss, Shouldn't I have gotten the job he got because I have white privilege? No. At that moment, he was better at doing his job than I was. Therefore, he got the promotion. And I didn't. And so that was cool. And I hugged him. And I said, dude, man, anybody in this store deserved... The job you did, my friend, well done. Absolutely well done. And I've worked for Hispanic men and women, African-American men and women, gay men and women. How did I... I've lived and had to live, sadly, on the street for a time. I was homeless for a time. I couldn't go to the hotel and say, dude, I'm white. You've got to put me in a, in a room. You're a white hotel owner. Hook a brother up. No. I either slept in the car or on the street. So, I am certainly, by no stretch of the imagination, saying that there are ills in our Society that suck. Judgment being one of them. If you're a good person, then you're a good person, in my view. And I've seen and I liked on several different social media accounts where I see African-American men who say, you know what, my white brothers and sisters, I just look at you as my friend. I applaud that. I am happy to say, me too. You know, they're saying, if you're a nice person, we're good. I'm saying, well, if you're a nice person, so am I. We're good. And I've had beautiful conversations with people whom I actually, myself, reached out and said, hey, man, I loved what you said. Here's what I do if I'm ever able to be of service, help you out. Call me, dude. I'm, you know, here's here's my, you know, here's how you can contact me, you know, and let me know. And if I ever need something that you, you know, a service or a, something that you do, please. Hope I can call on you. You know, it's how we develop relationships, just like networking in business. Because that's what we do. It's what good people do. And this, my friends, as far as what I write about, this is really the essence of everything that I write about. Because it's all about changing yourself to not only be good to yourself, but be good to the people around you. Be good to the earth. I work and live in West Texas. West Texas is oil. I know that a lot of you that are um, part of a tree-hugging family, which I in, am a part of, I absolutely want my children's children to breathe 
good quality air. I don't want to destroy our planet. I absolutely don't want to destroy the planet. And I, and I feel sad having lived on the coast to watch 600,000 gallons of raw sewage get backflowed into the bay. Or fuel dumped out of a ship or oil dumped out of a ship. Or there was some other chemical as you're watching barges go down the uh, ship lane that have things where you can't go out on the deck without a respirator. Well, if I can't go out on the deck and the damn wind is blowing like it does on the coast, what the hell? So, yes, there are things. And, and until the government actually makes the EPA have teeth, then, you know, I agree that, you know, uh, they're gonna, if the fines are less than the disposal cost, then, yes, you're going to have assholes or who are going to destroy the environment. I agree with that 110%. But I also agree that you've got hundreds of thousands of workers in the oil industry, and you, I hear people say they want to shut that off immediately. Well, I don't know how the hell you're going to get to work. I don't know how the hell you think your wind energy, wind farms, are going to get the 300 gallons of oil that it takes to lubricate the windmill so it can spin. And the fact that it slings oil everywhere. It all makes a pretty picture. It looks all pretty and white until you get up really close and you see all the shit that's... There's a reason they put caliche down on the ground by these wind farms. You know, it, and, and it's good energy. It's a good, it's a good resource. But we're not to the point where we can stop that. We're, too, we're so far into it, we need to figure a way back to back out of it. My challenge would be, oil industry, figure out a way that we can take your oil, which we, we use in just about every damn thing that's made, including the plastic water bottle that you may be sipping on right now, or the milk that you jug that you drink from, or the fact that you're drinking milk that was taken to uh, a dairy in a eight, or that left the dairy to be put in milk jugs on an 18-wheeler truck that brought it to the grocery store to do to sell to you which you drove your internal combustion car to go pick up so we all can be a little hypocritical unless you went there in your Tesla then God bless you however when you plug your uh, Tesla in to charge it where do you think that's charging and what do you think they're burning to get you that fuel if it's nuclear well, there you have it. But how much of the plant that was built was built with stuff that required, for example, the crane, a diesel motor, or the tractors, a diesel motor? How much of the food that you eat that require a diesel tractor to harvest the food? So to sit there and, and say that we can make that change via some we're going to shut it all down you know then instead of giving all these uh, incentives to these big corporations give them an incentive to actually produce something that makes a tangible Result, something I can see, not some bullshit you can make up, something I can actually see that is backed up by quantifiable science. We can blow shit up, we can do all kinds of dumb shit in this world. We have a military that can take out cities, countries. 
but we can't cure what hurts our world. So why would we hurt each other instead of saying, wait a minute, I don't want to fight with you. Let's figure out a way to cure what pisses us both off about each other. Perhaps it's staying out of someone else's business. Perhaps we need to not stick our snout into areas that just frankly are not our business. You take care of your shit, I'll take care of mine. If we can't play nice. And there's so much distrust in government, between governments, that they have to spy on each other to see if they're actually telling the truth. That's just, you know, a whole other podcast and I just don't want to get political. But my whole thing is, is that I'm all about changing life. I'm all about changing my life for the better so that I bring a better me to the world. And I hope that's the reason you're listening to this. So if you happen to be someone who uh, disagrees with certain things that I've said because you feel a different way, I'm cool with that. And I hope you're cool with the fact that I would listen to your narrative. I would listen to your conversation with an open heart and an open mind to say, okay, I see that. I understand that. And maybe I might make a little adjustment in my thoughts. And you might make a little adjustment in your thoughts. And guess what we do? We find a common ground to stand on. A prime example of this is back in the World War. World War I, I believe. The German army and the English army were entrenched. And I believe it was in France. And these guys are, you know, you can't you can't pop your head up over this trench because there are snipers who will on both sides of the fence that will absolutely kill you dead or in a doornail. But as it approached Christmas, the guys were started singing Christmas carols. They felt a kinship after one group on one side would finish a carol and the others on the other side would do a carol and everybody would clap and feel brotherly in that sense. And these are mortal enemies, mortal enemies. So many family friends have been killed on both sides that these people absolutely are mortal enemies. Yet they found a way to fast forward through that a little bit where someone actually got up on one side. The next one got up on the other side. They came over. They laid down their arms. They shook hands. Later, they would exchange gifts. It could have been a button off of a coat as a souvenir, a medal, a pen, something that they had from home. They showed pictures of wives and children, families, both sides. They even played European football. And in that moment, in my opinion, that was humanity at its finest, at its absolute finest. Because everyday Joes like you and me, we don't want to fight. We don't want to get ugly. We don't want to hurt each other. We just want to have fun, have our families, be able to raise our children, be able to come and go as we see fit appropriately and do the things we want to do. Live out a normal life. You guys have heard me talk about some of this before. Is if I, I'm telling you, if, if 
I went and sat and talked to people in a coffee house in Tehran, for example. And you could just sit there or in a bar. Well, you can't sit in a bar in Tehran, but if you were sitting there drinking coffee or tea, and you're just talking about life stuff, kids, naggy wives, sorry girls, or naggy husbands, Husbands who don't put their clothes in the hamper. I am certain that, you know, Iranian women go through the same thing that, you know, Western women go through. Husbands won't pick up after themselves. They won't put down the toilet seat. Because we all share a humanity. And if it was just up to us, live and let live. You know, if there's an atrocity, yes, it needs to be addressed. You know, I I don't want to see violence in any situation where it's justified in any manner. Because here's the thing that I have to remember, and I hope you do too. If they shut us down again and you can't go to work and your employer simply doesn't have the money to pay you and we may or may not get assistance and if we don't, the assholes that put you there, whether they're Republican or Democrat, doesn't make a shit to me, are still getting a paycheck. They don't have to suffer the same as you and me. Because they still get a paycheck. You and I don't. They still get to eat when you and I might be trying to figure out how the hell we're going to eat. Because the stores are empty. Does it ever bother you that there's bomb shelters and nuclear bomb shelters for government officials, but there's none for you and I? Does that seem a little like, you know, um, here's what we're doing, so if there's a, uh, a nuclear event, whether it's a military action or from a nuclear facility, God forbid we had it, something similar to Chernobyl. Is there a safe place for you and I to go to? There are old buildings where there were bomb shelters from back in the World War. But they don't protect you from nuclear fallout. But in Washington is littered with places for all of them to go. With food, water, and shelter. Some would argue they have to survive. I would argue that we all need to survive. So there's some hypocrisy in that, in my opinion. You know, these guys get to fly around in, in, in military jets that, in luxury. They don't have to pay for breakfast, lunch, or dinner because they're usually doing something that has breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They travel for free. They stay in hotels for free. And guess who pays for that? You and my tax dollars. They get to survive in a bomb shelter and you and I don't. They'll have internet. They'll have access to communications. They'll have access to food, water, a place to sleep. You and I we'll be out here to fend for ourselves. So I don't see that, you know, and I don't want to get political because it doesn't matter who's in, in power. It's still the same thing. They get a paycheck, we don't. They shut down the country. And I understand the reason that they would 
when they're making those decisions that affect, you know, if there's no income coming in, if I'm a small business owner, how, you know, and I had two restaurants where I live say that the cost of food is so high that they can't buy food to resell to their customers because they would have to resell it at a price that they couldn't, one, to even get people to pay it, they wouldn't be able to make a profit or lose money. And so they're going to have to shut down. The aftermath of being shut down forever. You have customers that are pissed off about, I mean, look at car lots. When you drive by car lots, there's no cars. Not like normal. There's no parts. RV business, boats, the same thing. There's boat hulls, there's not boat motors. Things ease up a little bit for a short time and then they go back to supply chain issues. So do we all want to just keep fighting with each other? Do we want to figure out a way to fix our problems? Fix the things that we need to fix? And how do we begin to do that? We begin to do that with ourself. Self-love, self-care, self-education. These are all things that I do. And that's you guys know. If you follow me, read my books, and if you follow this podcast, you know. All I share is stuff that I'm doing that actually helps, works. Take what you like, leave the rest. Pretty simple. If you need help, all you gotta do is reach out. I'm not a doctor, I'm not a therapist, not a lawyer. But if I have a resource that I can share with you that helped me through a certain situation, I'm happy to share it. Happy to share it. I don't have a, 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 a bigoted bone in my body. So if you happen to be of a different ethnic persuasion than me, I don't have... I. We're good. If you're a nice person, we're good. Absolutely. If I had a job to offer you, would I give it to you? Absolutely. I work with a diverse group of people. I farm out work to a very diverse group of people. that are talented, they're nice, and they're damn good at what they do. All of those things add up to, I don't care if, hell, I I, I know kids that do internet work that is cutting edge. Cutting edge, would I use them? Absolutely. Have I used them? Absolutely. Men, women, gay, lesbian. I can say, and this is in no way defaming anything, I have not worked with a transgender person or someone who works in a transgender company that I knew of anyway. I may not have even known. Would I? Of course I would. If they're good and they're nice, I'm good. They'll be good. Because I'm not anybody to judge anyone in this life. We all have, like it says, he holds up the rock and says, those without sin cast the first stone. We all have things that we sin, we have done in our life that we're not proud of. Everyone. So, change the world around you. You don't have to change the entire world, but you can change the world around you. And that's what I want to do and what I try to do. 
I do it through my art. I do it through my videos. I do it through my podcast. And I dang sure do it through my books. Because I want to change the world around me. If I can or do my part to bring kindness. You know, I have a... um, And you guys have heard me talk about uh, a social media friend in Canada who writes poetry who always talks about how kindness matters. Absolutely. Kindness matters. Matters in everything we do. Don't poke the bear. Don't start shit. If you really want to impress everyone, hold up your hand and go, hey, I got a solution. Hear me out. I know how to fix this. Hear me out. There's always going to be naysayers. There's always going to be people that say that's bullshit. At first, they'll ask you why you're doing it. Then your naysayers will come back and say, how'd you do it? Be kind. Let's stop hating each other. Let's stop, you know. I've always said, you know, you hear a lot of people in distressed areas saying, you know, they don't have access to education, things like that. You do have education to libraries that are full of educational books. If you go to school, guess what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to take notes in a lecture. You're going to have to read lessons. Why can't you do that yourself? I have really never met or had the misfortune to meet a librarian that wouldn't help if you asked or send you to someone who could. The library is also full of classes that most are free. Maybe not right now because of all that's going on, but God willing, we'll get through this. And, you know, if you have trouble reading, there are literacy classes. If you can't read at all, guess what? There are literary cla- liter- literacy classes. I can't even say it. I might need to attend a literacy class myself so that I can, my diction gets better. It's out there. It's available. We can do it. You can do it. I had to teach myself how to do everything that I do today. I taught myself. I have no formal education. To do the things that I do today. None. Where I lack, I ask for help. Sometimes I get it for free. Sometimes it's, it's something I have to pay for but I ask for help. You know what's funny? Sometimes I ask for help and it could be a black woman, a black man, an Asian woman, an Asian man, a white man, a white woman, a young man, an old woman. At the end of the day, we're just here to help each other. Guys, you've heard me say this a thousand times. My closest friend in the world is a man named Dennis, and he happens to be black. But when I introduce Dennis to my friends or people that he hasn't met, I don't sit here and go, this is my black friend Dennis, I'm his white friend Bob, and you are my uh, Asian friend, you know, Kim, and this is my Hispanic friend, Jesus. You know, who the hell does that? Nobody. I see these, hey, these are all my friends and we all get together and we laugh, joke, and enjoy each other as friends. Not as black friends, not as Asian friends, not as white friends, not as Australian friends, not as British friends, not as French friends. We just enjoy each other as friends. There are people that want to divide us and I'm telling you now, That ain't me. Never was me and gonna be me. I have a diverse group of colleagues and friends. 
and I am a part of their diverse group of colleague and friends. We don't. We lift each other up. We support each other in our endeavors. And we don't say anything hateful or racist to one another because we don't look at each other that way. Again, you're my friend. We argue, absolutely. Oh my God, that's the stupidest crap I've ever heard. Why are you doing that? You know? But we don't look at each other as a racial stereotype. And they don't look at me as a racial stereotype. So all the things that some are labeling us, my group of friends and colleagues and people that I talk to on a daily basis don't feel that way. Does racism and, and, and things happen in this world? Absolutely it does. That doesn't mean everybody on the planet is a party to it. Just like it doesn't mean every cop is a bad cop. Every military soldier is a bad soldier. No. Are there bad eggs? Sure. Do you work with bad eggs in your... Is there bad people in your neighborhood? Sure there are. Absolutely there are. Who knows who's living next to you if you don't know your neighbors? So, yeah, there's a lot of shit that needs to be fixed in this world, but start with you. Start with what you can fix, what you can do. And the best thing to fix in this world is yourself. You bring a a wonderful you, guess what? Can't live around that. Can't breathe around that. Negativity. Horridness. So be kind, be gentle. There is a solution to all things that we face. Don't divide in this world. Please. All right, we are going to call it an episode. I hope it didn't sound too I don't know. I don't want to say the word preachy, but, you know, I just think that, that, you know, as humans destined to live on this earth together, that we should be together. Maybe that's some naivete talking, but I like that naivete. I like the fact that, that I have a diverse group of friends, work colleagues, colleagues, that I enjoy very, very much. And I enjoy their talents and their gifts and I enjoy learning from them. I enjoy learning about their families. Their heritage. What they did, where they're from. Their ups, their downs, their sad moments, their happy moments to share in. That, in my mind, is what we are as human beings. And I hope that you find that same path as well. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the show. I know this one was pretty lengthy and I appreciate all of our supporters and thank you so much. And I uh, pray for your family's health and well-being in these troubled times. This is Robert Bruton with the Robert Bruton Podcast Show. Bye for now.